Howdy folks, this is 5150. Today I'm happy to introduce into syndication with Hacker Public Radio, a podcast that has been my pleasure to take a small part in, Pod Brewers, which you can find over at www.podbrewers.net. As you may know, this podcast airs two nights a week over thenewradio.net with Tracy Holster-Holtz and Steve Door-to-door geek McLaughlin on Monday, and Byer Brown and Spork Saber on Friday evenings. In this episode 35 from early July, we taste some beers, and Spork Saber talks about some of the off flavors you may find in your home brew, what causes them, and how to avoid them. Enjoy. You're listening to Podbrewers.net. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, back is the incredible Byron Brown coming to you from the East Coast. I am your deep, dark chocolate imperial stout, and I am here with my brother from another mother all the way on the other side of the planet. It's <laughs> work saver. Well, maybe not the planet, but the other side of the continent. It's work saver. Where you at? Guten Tag, Herr Bayer. Guten Tag, there, Spork. Hey, how's it going, man? This is Spork Saber, your California common, coming from the West Coast. Everything's been going good out here. It has been nice and warm. How about over there? Well, it has been a scorcher all the way around, brother. You see, the United States is on fire. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but in any case, it's hot. Hot. Yes. Yes, it is. And you know what it's happens a- when it gets hot, right? Uh, you got a drink beer? You got to chug it, baby. That sounds like a good idea to me. Hey, did you did you by any chance catch uh last week's episode? You probably didn't because there wasn't one. Yeah, yeah, I did not. I have been I have been doing some running as usual, but everything this week, this week. Everything calms down, and I will let you know about that a little bit later on in the show when I get into my buyer announcements. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure that you checked out the show that was before, that was before, that was before, right? Yes, I did, and I reviewed that show. But I do have something to say, and that is on the, uh, this one's a little edit, uh, goof on my part. Uh, I remember when I reviewed that uh, Kolsch for the uh, Beer FYI? Yeah. Well, that entire time I was calling it a lager and talking about how amazing it was that it was, you know, a lager, but it was brewed at ale temperatures and all this other stuff. Well, in my research, I must have been mistaken because a Kolsch is an ale. It's brewed with ale yeast. When I was looking up, I actually found out that the, uh, that a Kolsch yeast is an ale yeast. The, the part I was getting confused with, since I had no clue what the heck a Kolsch was, was when I was reading about it, uh, the confusing part was a Kolsch is a little different than regular ales because it's brewed at ale temperatures, but after fermentation stops, 
it's cold conditioned or lagered at lower temperatures. Ah, got you, got you. Okay, well, all right, sorry, right. there's no wrong. Hey, look, we're gonna get some things wrong from time to time. You know, I'm gonna get some things wrong. <laughs> But that's okay. I'm okay with it. As long as we come back and correct our mistakes, then a hey, no harm, no foul. And uh, that's how you learn, though, right? You the fact. Well, see, what was cool is, is that you actually went back and investigated and did you know some studying. Because if you just was like, oh, I'm just going to read this and throw it up for the show, and you know, if it was all about that, then you never would have caught it, right? You never would have went back and caught it. That just shows you that. We are proactively learning about uh, how to brew and different things about brew, and we're having a great time doing it. So best believe, just like Sports Saber uh, did right now, if we make a mistake, we're going to come back and uh, let you know that we made that mistake and uh, correct that mistake. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to you, brother. That's why I love you, man. Thank you very much, Byron. Um, do we have any announcements? We always have an announcement. Even when we don't have an announcement, there will be announcements. <laughs> my first announcement is I hurt my big toe. That's right. I hurt my big toe. I bet uh, when you heard it, you made some announcements. I made a lot of announcements, and then I drank a really cool beer. Another thing that you can do with ice cold beer is put it on your toe before you drink it. <laughs> nice. All right. How'd you hurt your toe? I was on my way to doing a Pod Brewers episode. You remember last last week or the week before? Remember I said I, something bad happened? Remember I was going, ow! Remember that? Yes, I do. I hit my toe off the couch, and I ripped my toenail clean off my foot. Oh, okay. Ouch. Yeah, that was that day I was drinking uh, a high ABV, <laughs> so everything was going okay. Well, everything was going okay until the uh, couch versus toe incident. Yeah, 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 toe lost on that one. Well, this sucker is still aching, man. Well, well, I guess that's to be expected, right? Very true. Yeah, man, this thing is, no, no, well, it's not bleeding, but it's like, it's blistered. You know that when you feel like there's a heart beating something? Yes. That throb thing, that's what my foot, that's what not my foot. That's what my toe feels like. It's uh, feeling kind of throbby. <laughs> In any case, I do have another announcement to, th- to throw out there. And that other announcement is I have bottled my kefir. Oh, nice. Yes, and it tastes very, very good. And what I did was I left a little bit of sugar in there. Sports Saver, do you know why I left some sugar in there? Uh, So that it could work its magic in carbonate? Normally, yes, but there's another reason. Can you think why? You may not know, and don't feel bad if you don't. Uh, let's see. Uh, you did it so that it, it would boost the uh, vitamin B count? Vitamin B count, and that's because the kefir is that whole microbioorganism. Can you think of what I might be doing with this uh, water later? Putting it on your toe? <laughs> I might. I just <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe putting uh, the kefir water in with your uh, into your beer at some point. I knew you was going to get it. Yes, I am going to be taking this particular water kefir, and I did something actually a little bit cooler with it. What I did was I took uh, my 
bear plant fluid and my water kefir fluid, and I mixed it together, and I am now getting ready to put it into my Mr. Bear kit. Sweet. I know it's going to be, this is going to be great. Now, this stuff has sort of a, a, a citrusy kind of feel to it, even though I didn't, this particular batch, I do not have citrus in it. I do not have lemon in it. Uh, so, but it has that kind of citrus, almost sour kind of taste to it. So I'm going to do an experiment with, uh, tea leaves with this one. I'm going to do an experiment with, uh, in my Mr. Bear kit with, uh, I'm actually going to change the yeast. I'm going to use a champagne yeast, uh, instead. And, um, I'm going to see what happens. And instead of using hops, I'm going to use green tea for bittering. Interesting. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna use what one of the Mr. Beercut uh, uh, little cans, or are you gonna go down to your homebrew store and get some malts and everything, or some a different uh, extracts? I'm gonna use the golden uh, the golden blonde, okay. Mr. Mr. Beer. I'm gonna use the blonde, uh, and I'm gonna mix that with the water, and I'm gonna I'm gonna prepare it properly. But you remember that part? Where you pour uh, the remainder water to the cooling water on top of your wort? Yeah. Instead, this time, I'm going to fast cool my wort uh, in uh, the cooler, actually, instead of adding uh, the cool water on top of it. And the reason being is because, again, the kefir water and ginger beer water, they're both alive. There still are, there's yeast in, in kefir and, and bear plant and bacterium that are still in there alive and kicking. And I don't want to throw those on hot wort because it'll, it'll kill it. And basically it will, you know, it'll ruin my experiment, right? So what I'm trying to do here is I want the water kefir, uh, organisms to live. I want them to actually live. So I'm going to cool things down. I'm going to quick cool my wort, uh, get it in there to the Mr. Bear kit, and I'm going to add the extra water, which is going to be the kefir ginger bear fluid water, on top of that. When I enter it in there, they will be alive. Not only will they be alive, but they will be in this wort mixture that has plenty of sugars to eat. Then I'm going to throw in my champagne yeast. Reason being is that the champagne yeast will be able to withstand higher levels of alcohol. Uh, this should bring about a combination of, of vitamin B enriched beer is my plan with uh, using green tea as the bittering agent. That's interesting. When are you going? When are you thinking about uh, adding the green tea? I'm going to do that on a. Uh, I believe. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm actually going to do that. In a second fermenter. Okay, so are you going to be racking your Mr. Beer to a different, or your your wort into a different uh, fermenter, or are you just going to brew it and add it in later, maybe like at bottling or something? Exactly, at bottling, I believe. Okay, cool. That uh, sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for my announcements today, and uh, I guess it's time for Poets' Corner. Yes, it is. Let's hear it. Well, today's Poets' Corner is called Hops, and that's by Brewis uh, Pasternik, Pasternik, and that is between 1890 and 1960. And here we go. Beneath the Willow. Wound round with ivory, we take cover from the worst 
of the storm, with the great coast round our shoulders and my hand around your waist. I've got it wrong. This isn't ivy intertwined with the bushes round the woods, but hops. You're intoxicating me. Let's spread that great coast on the ground. Nice. I like it. <laughs> All right. So, hold on one second. You know something, Byer? All these things talking about, uh, talking about beer and your little poet's corners and stuff like that. You know, also talking about beer. It makes me thirsty. All right. Sorry for that little delay. So what you bringing? Well, I am bringing to the table uh, Maximus. Maximus. Now, this is in honor of one of my favorite shows that I love, and that is um, Spartacus. Spartacus. You ever see Spartacus on Stars? Yes, I did, and I have. I love that show. Love, love, love that show. Yeah, I watched probably maybe the first uh, couple of episodes, and then we switched from Stars to HBO. So I haven't watched it since. Oh, uh, you've been checking out True Blood? Yeah, my wife's in love with that show. I, everyone's wife is in love with that show. <laughs> Yeah, but I had to stick with Spartacus. I love Spartacus, and uh, the new series of Spartacus is going to be coming out this coming January. But right now, if you guys got stars, anybody out there who's listening, if you have stars, you can definitely check out the older episodes of Spartacus, and it's well worth the watch. Awesome. You can also check that over, check that out over on Netflix as well. But this particular brew that I'm bringing to the table is called Maximus, and it is an American double uh, Imperial IPA. Spork Saber, what's an IPA? An IPA is an Indian Pale Ale. Awesome. Yeah, and Tracy talks about that uh, shoot a while back. On a little, he gave a little bit of history on what an IPA is. Really good. Yeah, definitely. What you bring to the table? I am bringing a Gordon Biersch Meritzen. Uh, Meritzen is an amber lager. And I totally was looking on the wrong page of the show notes. <laughs> it's an amber lager. It's uh, coming in at 5.8 on the ABV Rector scale. The IBUs are an whopping 18. Um, uh, the yeast that it uses is uh, Vine Stefaner uh, 3470. And with Hallatower uh, hops uh, for the aroma. Cool. That sounds exciting, actually. And we also have a treat for you guys today. We have uh, 5150 and Red Dwarf is going to be uh, trying some brews today as well. I'm going to jump on over there to, uh, hey, 5150, what, what do you have in your brewing hand? Well, actually, this is going to be a virtual uh review i got uh cup well about a week ago 12 beers of summer uh from sarnak and i'd had it before last year i'm not sure they're exactly the same beers i don't re- didn't remember being that impressed but there was a standout in it this year uh which is their rye ipa sounds awesome 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Red Dwarf, what you got? Well, I have uh, Sprecher's Black Bavarian Style Lager. It's got a 6% alcohol content, and it comes in a little bottle, 16 ounces. Should be interesting. All right, so Spencer, out in that all. That sounds all right. All right, so uh, Sports Saver, I don't know what you want to do. You want to start guzzling yours, or you want to? Uh, who wants to go first? Why don't you go first, Fire? Fine. <laughs> this is coming in at an eight point two. I did I mention that? And it's brewed in California. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, so I'm going to try mine now. And what we're going to do here, let's see if I can get this. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't a good kapow, but all right, let's try this pour. I'm going to be doing a Pennsylvania quick wrist. I don't know if y'all heard that or not. <laughs> that was kind of a silent pour. Well, I got to tell you right now, I'm looking at this brew, and I'm going to tell you what, this lovely lady I have in my hands right now, I love, the first thing that jumps out at me is the color. I love this color. It's like an, like a reddish brown kind of color, and I like it. And there is some nice effervescent, uh, bubbles coming from the bottom of the snifter glass, uh, definitely traveling straight up there to the top. The head on this is nice. It's a nice, not overwhelming head. It's not like rich and thick, but it's, it's a respectable head. It's like, hey, you know, I'm here. And the smell, mmm. Now the smell, that reminds me of, uh, the grapefruit type smell. But not exactly the, not exactly grapefruit. I don't know. It's almost brie-like in sense. Uh, citrusy, but not citrusy like a strong grapefruit. So the bouquet, I like it. Now normally when I smell the grapefruit or citrusy type, uh, smell, it reminds me of, of hops and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to be, uh, you know, a hoppy experience. Uh, with this, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get to sipping. That's not bad. That's not bad. Mm-mm. Yeah, definitely. Just like I expected, I expected a a hop experience, and it's not unsatisfying. And I gotta tell you what, this is an eight point two, but to me. This is an example of, and, and it's an L, so it's not like your oatmeal stouts or your imperial stouts, although this is considered to be sort of, uh, an, this is considered to be an imperial IPA. Uh, but it, it has, what, what different is, is that with the higher, uh, ABV, it doesn't have that alcohol taste. It doesn't have that liquor taste. It tastes like, a lower APV type drink. And if, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, some time ago we did a review on, uh, there was a brew that we, I cannot remember the name, but it had, uh, a higher, it had a ta- the taste almost tasted like it had a higher APV. Well, this is sort of the, right in the opposite of it. This has a higher APV, 
ABV, but it tastes like a session beer, and it tastes like a, a hoppy session beer that's uh, pleasing to the tongue. Well, it sounds really good. Who's uh, who's that brewed by? Do you know? Is that uh, Lagunitas? That's exactly who it is. It's Lagunitas and uh, Lagunitas Maximus IPA. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have anything. I got to say, you know what? This beer does not jump out at me. Like, it doesn't. I'm not overly thrilled with it. In the sense of like, wow, that's oh, wow, wow, that's great bear, you know. I'm not like that, but I'm not like, oh my gosh. Do you remember that one I tried before? It was it was off the air. Oh yeah. It's not like that. And for the listeners, I tried this other brew. I will. I'll tell about. I'll tell about it another day. But it was the. It was wow. It was bad. But we have our our thoughts on why it may have been bad. But in any case. This is an interesting brew, not very complex, tastes like a session beer, but has the kick of a higher ABV beer. So I'm not disappointed in this brew. I'm not overly happy, but I wouldn't be mad if it was handed to me. What do you think you'll score it? I'm going to give this a respectable five. All right, cool. All right, uh, I'll get on with mine, and then we'll let the other two speak about their beer. Here goes the pour. Don't know if you guys heard that. One day, one day I'm going to figure out how to pour my beer that way. All right, this is a nice oh, amber color. It's the Mertzen. Um Smell of it. Smelling really malty. Uh, uh, I almost want to say a rich malty. Give it a couple more smells. I'm smelling uh, definitely like caramel and stuff like that in there. All right, I'll give it a taste. Um, I'm getting it's it's not bitter at all. I'm definitely tasting the the malt. Uh, it's I almost want to say uh, a little sweet. Hold on. Maybe a little bit of the hops near the near the end, near the finish of the beer. Yeah, this is uh, a little bit. I, I want to say uh, caramely or or roast roasted something uh, near the end, uh, right before the. The really slight hop taste. But anyway, this is uh, it's a pretty good Meritzen. Um I've definitely had uh, betters. One of the places near here makes an awesome Meritzen. Uh So let's see. One more taste, and I'll give you my review. Uh, 
Um, I'm going to give this probably, uh, I want to say, maybe a five and a half. Uh, we'll go with a six. It's a little bit, uh, I want to say, high, uh, highly carbonated. It's a little bit more carbonated than than I might like. Now, I have no clue whether or not the uh, how carbonated it's supposed to be. I'm not a beer-tasting judge or anything. Um, but, yeah, let's go with a six. Awesome. That sounds like a really good, respectable uh, point. And uh, I don't know. So would you see yourself going out and buying it again? Uh, it came in a in one of those seasonal packs, um, and so yes, Meritsons are one of my are one of my favorite uh, along with my box. They're they're one of my favorite beers, and I would say that uh, the the Gordon Beerch is easy to find, and it's easier to find closer by than the than the place that I normally go to get Meritson. So, yeah, yeah, I would definitely buy it again. It's by no means a, oh, this was great to try, and we'll leave it alone. No, this was this is a, um, if, I, if I'm out and I don't like any of the other beers in the store, I would get this one. Cool, cool. All right, well, I'm, I'm liking how that sounds, and it's something that I definitely would like to try myself. Uh, Red Dwarf, what's up? You got a beer in your hand? Well, I was going to let 5150 go. He's more experienced at this than I am. i let him go first. Ah, no problem at all. 5150. All right. And like I said, this is going to be a virtual review that, uh, like Sporks, this, uh, beer came from one of those summer variety packs from uh, Sarnac, S-A-R-A-N-A-C, in my case. And I I had uh, one of the packs last year, and I didn't remember being all that impressed. But a couple weeks ago, I picked it. Uh, they had it on the discount rack uh, at the package store, and I... Looked like good to try. I thought maybe we'll go back through it again now to have a little more experience knowing what these flavors are that I'm describing in the beer. And actually, it was my intent when I picked it up. Said, okay, it's it's a 12 pack with uh, uh, two bottles of each beer, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to drink the first six. Uh, of the unique beers and then set the other six duplicates back in the corner and I'll bring them out for this show uh as I uh as necessary for for review. But as it turns out I didn't get to the store and when I finished harvest a week ago that was about the only beer left in the house and guys I'm I'm only human and I missed the show last week anyway. But uh, the one that really stood out, it's because I hadn't had a similar beer, is the uh, Rye IPA. And so rather than being uh, where we've had wheat beer and, uh, you know, you've had Holster talk about, and, and Spork talk about sort of a biscuity taste, 
Imagine that was a rye crisp instead. And as a wheat farmer, I hate to be talking about a rye beer because uh, if Tracy and Rateo are listening to this, they could both tell you that rye is the bane of the wheat farmer uh, because it's such a similar plant. Is it any chemical that can separate the two out? So the only way to get rye out of your wheat field is to physically pull it or use a uh, wicking device that swipes across the rye with the herbicide because it's a taller plant. But really, I, I really, really like that taste. But those of you who have heard my previous reviews, I am not a huge IPA guy. I'm not that big on hops. Uh, this was not a hugely hopped beer, though I am looking at the company's page, and uh, they describe it as an aggressively hopped beer, and all I can say is they must not have tasted any of their competitors who are going around saying our hops are bigger than your hops. I would, you know, I'd rather say this is a good middle of the road, the hops are not washing over the rest of the flavor in the beer. However, if anybody out there knows a brand, a rye-based beer that is brewed more like a wheat beer with, with your citrusy flavors and your coriander and all that in there and, and not a lot of hoppy flavor, please write into the show because I would really like uh, to tell my friend who runs the liquor store uh, what he could order. But, but uh, I would give this beer, in, at least until I find a rye-based beer that it, that is more like the one I'm looking for that I've described, I'm going to give it a 5.5. I would definitely buy it again if I could uh, find it uh, by itself in a six-pack. Uh, alcohol by volume here on the web page it shows a little more it showed 5.5 on the uh, bottle it shows 5.95 uh, here on on the manufacturer's web page original gravity 14.0 beer style India pale ale malt selections to row rye hop selections and I'm gonna butcher these names uh, Hallertau and Saz, Color Golden, Golden, uh, Mouthfeel Body Medium. So, yeah, this, this isn't the greatest beer I ever had, but it, 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 it puts me out there looking for a rye based beer that is more like the types of beers that I like to drink. That's actually a really good review. There is a style called the uh, Rogan beer, which is R-O-G-G-E-N-B-I-E-R, that is a rye wheat beer. Um, so I'll keep a lookout. I'll ask some of my, uh, some my like maybe my homebrew club would, would know of a good one. Well, thanks, Bork. I appreciate that. And I see it looks like we've lost buyer. Oh, no. Oh, yep, we sure did. Oh, well. I'll just have to keep going without him. 
Well, maybe he'll show up again. But anyway, let's see. Is Buyer back now? Right here, ladies and gentlemen. All right, cool. And since we had talked so much about uh, uh, beers and stuff, let's get on with the foods that go along with our yummy beers. Yummy, 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 yummy grubs in my tummy. Uh, what do you got for us? I got a Mertzen barbecue ribs. Now, you know. You know you ain't right. I love some ribs. I'd like to have some ribs right now. Yeah, this actually comes from... Yeah, same here. Excuse me. This actually comes from the Gordon Beer site. I love this site because the uh, they give so much information about what their beer's brewed with. And then it gives food pairing. You know, how to cook with it. So it's going right along with uh, some of the yumminess that we have on this show. This is Meriton Barbecue Ribs. Uh, this is a sauce for three racks of ribs, and that's going to be a uh, quarter cup olive oil, one large onion, one quarter cup chopped garlic, one quart of your favorite barbecue sauce, uh, three, I'm sorry, one quarter cup of molasses, a quarter cup of canned pureed chipotle chilies. Oh my goodness, I'm loving this already. Oh my gosh, you did not say chipotle chilies. <laughs> oh yeah. And, oh man. And one bottle of Gordon Biersch Merzen. Dude, that's sounding great. Yeah, it is. And the first time I looked it over, I totally missed the Chipotle chilies. So, yeah, this is definitely going into the the recipe book. Yeah, you know, I don't even want to say I don't even want to I don't even want to say mine. I don't want to say mine. You know, if you leave out the barbecue sauce, uh, which would make it really thick. Uh, you could turn this into a really good uh, marinade. It could, most certainly could. That is awesome. I like that. I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try it. Well, shoot. I'm thinking I have to marinate uh, a prime rib for the Fourth of July. I say we do it. You know what? If you can. I don't know. Do you have a, a video cam or, you know, like a video uh, capture on your camera, uh, your camera, on your phone or anything? Yes, my video camera does have video capture capabilities. It's a new feature <laughs> that they just came out with this year. I don't know if last year's model has it, but this year's does. <laughs> and if, if if yours doesn't, then I have a uh, cassette tape video camera that I'll let you borrow. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> That's funny. In any case, I'm going to tell you my my recipe. Although it's not even nowhere near. I, I can't, how do you follow that? How do you follow ribs? I can't follow ribs. But in any <laughs> case, I'm going to give you a Guinness glazed halibut. I did it for the halibut. All right. So this uh, this recipe is coming out. Now, I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, this is nowhere near as cool as Pork Savers. But at the same time, this is a good recipe, especially if you are uh, looking to, um, you know, watch the waistline a little bit. Um, this is very, uh, what I would consider to be nice and healthy, uh, like healthy eating along along the lines of, um, you know, you're working out and stuff, and you, and you still like to have a little bit of brew. 
uh, in your cooking, and this is this is right up the right alley for that. So what you're looking at is uh, two 12-ounce bottles of Guinness Stout, uh, one or a third, one-third cup of uh, honey. All right, that's going to be the that's going to be the glazing agent. You have one tablespoon of fresh lemon juice, of course, if you can do organic, and one half teaspoon of hot sauce, along with salt, four uh, ounces of skinless halibut uh, fillets, four large carrots. You know that's that's nice and healthy, uh, as well as extra virgin olive oil. Again, very healthy. And fresh ground pepper, again, very healthy. So the only thing in here that I would probably be careful on is I would cut back on the salt a little bit, uh, only because you're going to be doing a half teaspoon of hot sauce, which hot sauce tends to have a high amount of sodium in it. So I would probably maybe even cut back on the salt a little bit. But other than that, the two Guinness, uh, you're going to get a lot of, uh, different carbs and things that are going to be coming out of the Guinness. You're going to get some good, healthy carbs and whatnot that's going to be coming out of that honey. Uh, try to do organic honey if you can. And uh, it's only a third cup of honey, so it's not going to be overwhelming. Plus, remember, you're spreading this out um, uh, over top of six, you know, four different halibuts here. So it's not like you got, like, all of this all on one halibut. Uh, so this is what I consider to be, you know, great healthy eating right here and cooking along with your brew as well. Yeah, that sounds really good. I'm going to try it out just for the halibut. <laughs> just for the halibut. <laughs> so in any case, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm digging this dish. Oh, that sounds really, really good. Hey, uh, while you were talking, I saw that uh, Red put in the chat that uh, he's ready. Red, did you have something? Yeah, I've got a Sprecher Black Bavarian style lager. And uh, according to Beer Advocate, is a bronze medal winner in the European Dark category at the 1988 Great American Beer Festival. Rock and roll. Yeah. Get to drinking, my friend. All righty. Well, it definitely it reminds me of... Uh, uh, a chocolate that I had a while back. And uh, from what I read in here, it's got uh, roasted malts with caramel, vanilla, and chocolate. And I'm going to see what kind of a noise I can make in this glass. Oh. Not exactly a spork saver, but... You did hear a little bit there. Oh, yeah. It's definitely dark. Definitely dark. And the way I poured it, had about a two-inch head to start. And it's going down a bit. Not as fast as I thought it would. But, yeah, it's definitely looking through this clear... Uh, beverage glass. It, uh, it's definitely dark. And I think I will partake a taste. Mm. 
Now, admittedly, my palate is nothing in training compared to you guys, but I definitely seem to taste that, that chocolate that they're talking about. Uh, I, totally honest, I don't know that much about the malt's taste and the hops' taste and that sort of thing. But, uh, it's definitely a smooth. And they recommend, uh, what was it, uh, 45 degrees for serving. Which, I, I, to be honest, I'm always the type that, no matter what it is, whether it's milk or tea or beer or whatnot, I love it really cold. I'm right I there agree. with you. <laughs> I agree too. I love it when it's cold. I also like it to um no don't forget to you know, if you get a chance, uh if you don't guzzle it down, uh starting off super cold but then allowing it to warm up just a little bit usually introduces uh you know, a couple other flavors. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh I think at OLF I'm going to do some more training as to uh, understanding the hops, tastes, and things of that nature. By the way, the head has gone down a lot. It's down to, oh, about a quarter of an inch thick, which from the little bit of reading I did, that's pretty typical of it. And it's a nice beer. Uh, 6% volume, alcohol by volume, and... Uh, it's one I consider getting again. I've only paid uh, two and a half for it, so that's not too bad. No, not at all, not at all. So you're not angry at the at the beer, and you would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I wouldn't go around riding the lawnmower drinking it, but you know, I think it'd be nice to sit back and relax with. God, all you people out there with your riding lawnmowers. I know. I wish I had a lot riding lawnmower. It would take me about three seconds to mow my yard. <laughs> I'd, like, drive out, turn around, drive back, and get off. I wouldn't even be able to finish a beer. Yeah, well, it would definitely take me a little longer for mine, but, yeah, I wish I had a, lawn, a riding lawnmower, though. Well, I'll make it even worse. At work, uh, I don't do it now because I'm working in a building that's used as a community center. But uh, in the past, for about oh, 12 years, 13 years, something like that, I was on a mower of one type or another or a weed whip and drove zero turns at most recently. Uh, zero turns and about a hundred and 10-inch uh, triple-deck mower. Nice. Sounds nice. That's awesome. It was made for a golf course and not real good for parks because it sucks up all the dirt that you kick up. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you and uh, Peter64 need to have a mow-off. <laughs> motor, motor races like they have on TV. Yeah. 
funny. We were just looking at something that was, oh, yeah, the local senior uh, newspaper is talking about racing lawnmowers. Uh, I'd say uh, I'd rate this about a five, four, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, yeah, it's it's a decent beer. Uh, I like it. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, we're talking about a whole lot of flavors out here, and uh, right down from 151, the Red Dwarf, the sport to myself, having uh, all these different experiences and flavors that we are enjoying here. Sport Saber, you got anything to talk about that? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, this week's uh, beer, FYI, is uh, homebrew off flavors and how to avoid them. <clears throat> that flavor is a little bit off. Tastes like green apples. What am I tasting? Uh, what you're tasting is a word that I'm going to be really hard-pressed to say correctly. It is acetaldehyde. Um, the taste slash smell like a, uh, smells like a green apples or rotten apples or fresh-cut pumpkin. Um, the, the possible causes for this is... Uh, it's a naturally occurring chemical produced by your yeast during fermentation, uh, and it's usually converted into ethyl alcohol. Although these uh, process, uh, this process may uh, take longer in beers with higher alcohol content uh, when not enough yeast is pitched. Some bacteria can cause the the green flavor, the green apple flavors as well. And how you avoid this is uh, let your beer uh, age and condition over over a couple of months time to to kind of get those flavors off. What that'll do is give the yeast time to convert some of the uh, acetaldehyde into the ethyl alcohol. Uh, yeah, so that is one of the things that can be an off flavor. Now, uh, just to preface this, I've got a lot of these. So if you've got an off flavor, it's probably going to be in one of these descriptions. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down. Probably I'll do a little bit of it this week and a little bit of it next week and maybe even a little bit of it the week after that. That way we can spread these out and not have a really long show. The next one is uh, alcoholic. Uh, an overpowering alcoholic flavor, bitter uh, or bitterness, uh, acetone paint thinner type of a type of a smell or taste, uh, spicy or sharp, an undesirable hot sensation in the throat. The possible causes of this are fusel alcohols, uh, such as profanol, uh, butyrol, and some other ones that I'm not going to pronounce. Um, now, what these do, it's an Oh, gosh. Uh, a limited amount of these alcohols can be desirable in high-alcohol content uh, beers and barley barley wines or uh, strong strong ales. Now, the way that you can... It, what it comes from is fermenting at too high a temperature. Uh, and ways to avoid it is ferment at temperature... Uh, don't ferment or avoid fermenting at temperatures over 80 degrees. Now, I do realize that, uh, like I said before, some beers, uh, especially sa saisons, uh, 
they'll start off at a lower temperature, and they'll they try, uh, some of them try, actually try to get it up to you know almost blood temperature uh, in order to get the the right flavors that they're looking for. Um, also, if your beer is going to be sitting in the fermenter for more than a couple weeks, it's a good idea to remove as much of the sediment as possible. So, racking into a secondary can help uh, with the fusel alcohol tastes. Now, i got to ask you, Sport, <clears throat> when it comes to especially, now, the alcoholic one, that sounds like it could be painful. So, <laughs> But when it comes to the one that you told us before that, the alkali hide, if I said that even remotely, right, uh, the one that gives you the green apples, rotten apples, fresh-cut pumpkin, is there, do you know of a way, or maybe can we look up maybe in a future episode, is there a way to isolate that? Because, in, you know, in my mind, what, what I see, especially with, um, you know, with the harvest season coming, you know, going into Thanksgiving, that fresh-cut pumpkin smell, I mean, to me, that would be desirable if we kind of maybe crafted a, a, a pumpkin-type brew. That would be interesting to try and uh, find out. Um, I'm thinking that, like, the green apple taste, uh, you know, that the sour, sour-ish type of uh, taste to it. Um, that that might be pretty nice as well. Um, I'm imagining the way to reproduce it, don't pitch as much yeast. Uh, stress out those yeast, um, and they're not going to eat up all the uh, uh, as much stuff and produce that ethyl alcohol. But we'll look into it, see whether uh, we can get that yummy pumpkin taste. Yeah, I think that it would be a good experiment for uh, pot brewers. Why don't we... Because, I, I, well, of course, you know, as I was describing my whole kefir thing, you, you can tell that I'm definitely into the whole experimental type situation. So I'm thinking, why don't we try to isolate some of these things and see if we can do that. Maybe we can isolate a particular smell naturally without any artificial, you know, ingredients. That might be nice. I'm actually my father-in-law is actually, um, he planted some giant pumpkins, and I'm planning on scooping those out and making, like, a pumpkin IPA uh, inside the pumpkin. Oh, like actually do the brewing in yep. the pumpkin? Yeah, scoop out the insides, throw that away, and the reason I'm using an IPA is because I want to put a lot of hops in there, because hops, uh, remember, like with IPAs, are used to, or were used as a uh, preservative, a natural preservative. So I'm thinking that brewing an IPA inside that pumpkin will help the pumpkin not to rot. So taking, scooping it all out, making uh, an IPA uh, wort, pouring it in there, and, you know, I don't know, maybe even throwing just a little bit of spice in there to hopefully get some back-end uh, pumpkin spice or something like that. So now what I'm wondering is, is what other fruit or vegetable can we scoop out and actually do brewing using the vegetable or fruit as the fermenter? This is a whole other episode. I agree. <laughs> I'm liking this. All right, uh, let's move on with this stuff. I'll only do two or three more 
because we are kind of running just a little bit. Uh, we're not running long yet, but we're getting close to closing time. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah, why don't you give us like uh, let's get let's get two more in. All right, two more. Uh, one astringentness, and that is that's going to be a a tartness of vinegary t- uh, tannins. Um, this this is kind of like um, if you were to take a tea bag and and suck on it after after you uh, did your tea. You know that really I want to say a tart taste you know what i'm talking about oh yeah most certainly all right um astringency can uh be caused by a whole bunch of different things uh polyphenols or tannins are are probably the majority of those type of flavors and those are found in the husks and the skins of, of the grains um or rather the husks of the grains and the skins of the fruit uh, steeping grains too long or too high of a temperature or uh, when you mill them, milling them too much, you'll release the tannins uh, in, in the, the either the fruits or the malt grains that you're going to be mashing. Um, also, when your mash ex, uh, exceeds a pH of 5.2 and 5 or from 5.2 or 5.6, astringent flavors can also be produced. Um, over hopping, your beer can tend to lend uh, a hand in creating these astringent qualities. How to avoid this? Uh, avoid grains that have been over milled. So what you should get when you if you go down to the store and have them mill your grain, or if you have a grain mill yourself, or if you mill it yourself just at the store. Um, you don't want it to be really finely crushed. It should be a good mix of uh, of husks. Um, some of the husks you just want to have been broken apart. You want to have some of the the inside of the grains there, and you want to have some of the some itty bitty parts that look almost like flour. So if you pick up your grains and look at that, you'll get a a good feel for whether you're crushing it too much or not. Uh, when sparging, pl- pay close attempen- uh, attention to the temperature and the amount of water you use. Um, when you s- when steeping your grains, be sure to take them out of the water before it gets to a boil. Um, fruits should never be put in uh, into boiling wort. Instead, add them to the fermenter. I wouldn't say could never be uh, boiled, but I'm reading off of the astringent part of this uh uh, this site that will be in the show notes. And let's see. It can be... I would agree, though, you can put them in the secondary or the primary fermenter um, or put them in at the last 15 to thir- or 30 to 15 minutes of the boil. That that seems reasonable to me. Uh, make sure that the amount and uh, varieties of hops are, you know, I wouldn't say correct for your style of beer, but but make sure that you don't put too many or too much in there. That's it's going to make it overly hoppy for say uh, a, a a pale ale. Uh, that way you won't get any real astringent qualities in there. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, the only one, the first one is something that I would like to visit, but those other two, the alcohol and the astringent, eh, I think I'll leave that one in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Now, that, now, you just said, uh-huh, while you were sipping on a brew. That was a brew, uh-huh. Yeah, it was. <laughs> hey, you know what? The one thing I wanted to ask, uh, 5150, you're in the farming, right? Right. Whenever you're out there on them golden grains, does it ever smell like brew? Well, if you if you get a silo full of wheat that's wet, yeah, that's what it smells like. Really? So, in a sense, you have, like, the world's largest fermenter. Well, not on purpose. <laughs> At least that's what we're going to tell the guys back in the office. <laughs> I think we should just turn 5150's silo into a giant fermenter. What do you say should work? I say at the very least we could uh, have him malt the grains for us. 5150 malt grains. That even sounds like a a good product. There's another show topic to actually talk about the the grain malting process and what what all goes into it. Yeah, it is. That would be a a great topic for uh, another episode. All right, uh, last but not least, at least for today, I'm going to go with uh, uh, chlorophenol. Now, Ugh, that don't even sound pretty. No. That sound like a swimming pool or something. This is uh, plasticky or venal, even uh, iodine taste or smell to, to your beer. Why are these getting nastier as they go along? Well, the next one's cidery. Yeah, because the chlorophyll. These are all off flavors. Because see, this is this was my problem. Uh, when I first started out, I mean, shoot, even even nowadays, I might get a an off flavor in my beer and have no clue how to describe it. No clue whatsoever. I'm like, okay, I know there's something wrong here, but I don't I don't know what it is. Uh, so I started looking at this stuff, and I'm like, okay, if I get a kind of that, uh, I almost want to say a plasticky taste to it, I'll, I'll know what it is, what causes it, and how to avoid it. Or if my if my beer is tasting really cidery or um, almost wine-like, then I'll know what it is and how to change it. That's my purpose with uh, telling you guys these. Okay. Well, and we're glad, we're definitely glad you're telling us. But man, the first one was all like Green apples and fresh cut pumpkins. And then it was like burning hot acid alcohol down your throat, iodine, <laughs> and every other like just creature like. Ugh. Well, see, your beer could have a could taste great, but could have that last little 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 taste of I almost want to say soap to it, almost yeah. like you like you think you haven't rinsed out your your container too well and I'll probably get into this later but that's cause that can be caused by leaving your beer on the yeast for too long because the live yeast will have eaten up everything in there and they'll still try and be surviving and they'll start eating some of the dead yeast that's there and basically producing the same base materials as soap wait a minute you're telling me that the yeast is going to turn into cannibals and then they're going to be like zombies there's zombie yeast in the beer 
That's oh, for yeah. a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be great. Zombie yeast. We're gonna, you know what? We're gonna keep that for uh, Halloween. All right then. Go ahead, Red. This sounds like a door-to-door geek beer. Zombie yeast. We should make a beer called Zombie Something. We should brew a zombie beer. That would be pretty good. I like it. All right, the uh, chlorophenols. Um, using chlorinated tap water to uh, brew or rinse your equipment is the most common cause for plastic-like or medicinal flavors. Uh, medicinal flavors can also be the result of using uh, cleaners or sanitizers that use chlorine or I- that are chlorine or iodine-based. Some wild yeast will contribute to the same or similar medicinal flavors. How to avoid this? Don't use chlorine, uh, chlorinated water uh, to brew or rinse your equipment. Um, or to rinse equipment that will come in contact with your brew. Uh, if chlorinated water must be used, like you don't have anything, uh, use, filtered, uh, use a water filter that removes chlorine. Or boil your water for about 15 minutes. Uh, and then cool to room temperature. That'll force the chlorine out of the water. Now, chlorine is a, a naturally a gas. So another thing you can do is, uh, before you do anything, you can also leave it out, leave your water out, uh, standing for, uh, like overnight and, uh, all the chlorine will evaporate out of your beer or out of your water. Okay, you can also use the recommended uh, amount of of uh, sanitizers. Most sanitizers will not cause any off flavors when they're used properly. Uh, when using bleach, oh gosh, I'm not going to even go into the one time I used bleach as a sanitizer. Uh, use a half an ounce, uh, if you're using bleach, use one half ounce per gallon of water. Uh, let the equipment soak for 10 minutes and rinse every bit of it away. Uh, then sanitize it with pre-boiled water. And that is the last one that I'm going to be reading for today. Next time we get to uh, start off with another yummy one, cider, uh, which will give apple cider and wine characteristics to your to your brew, and then go into rancid butter. So you'll like that. <laughs> That's funny. And you started off with a great one, and then went like all nasty, chemically. Ugh. And then we're gonna start off with a great one again, and then go into like fermented butter. Oh god, this is gonna be a good one. You're just uh, gonna scare everybody off from doing home brew because they gotta figure their brew's gonna come out like green apple, plastic rancid butter with no. fingernail polish. <laughs> Hey, if this stuff is going to scare people off, Ed, I mean, I, I really hope it doesn't, because along with all this stuff, I'm giving really good advice on how not to get these flavors as well. <laughs> that's Well, I guess that's the greatest part, is like, listen up, folks. This is how not to have just, just awful, awful chlorine. In any case, um, there was something else that I wanted to throw out there, but... I have something. What's that? Oh, well, it comes in into the whole, uh, uh, what is it, the, the Mr. Beer section, and that was announcing that 
you you guys knew that uh, last Thursday was not this last Thursday, but Thursday before the twenty first was my birthday. Well, that following Saturday, um, I got a everything I needed to brew five gallons of beer from my dad. He stopped by the home. He stopped by uh, the Black Dragon Brewery in Woodland and picked up. Not only did he pick up the everything I needed to brew five gallons of beer, but he also picked up a ginormous six-plus-gallon pot from there as well. Stainless steel. Nice, nice. And Black Dragon Brewery, or, or not brewery, but supply, that was a place that we were talking about a couple episodes ago, and uh, I, from what I remember, you were well taken back with them, just how awesome they treated you. Oh, yeah. He has offered now uh, several times to have me interview him. And, yes, it is Black Dragon Brewery and Homebrew Supply Store. He actually hasn't started brewing yet. He'll be brewing about the end of next month. He'll have uh, he'll have bottles ready. Cool. I'm looking forward to hearing some more about that. So, do we got any fun facts going on? Uh, yes, we do. Um... My fun fact isn't really all that fun, and that is that Alabama and Mississippi are the only two states left in the Union which it is illegal to brew beer at home. Are you serious? Yes. Yes, I am. Mississippi and Alabama. Wow. So you remember we had a couple things, uh, a couple shows back, that whole Mississippi thing? Where, right, uh, right. Oh, yeah. the uh, Where Mississippi... Uh, upped the alcohol by volume that right. they could brew. Well, it's still illegal to brew in Mississippi and Alabama. Now, it very well, I don't think there are any other states. I'm pretty sure that other states, uh, all the other states have come to the to the national standard, um, or the federal standard, rather. Uh, I do know that there still are some states where you can brew beer at home, but you cannot take it out of your house. Um, and I know that Mississippi, the law that they have says that you can brew wine at your uh, uh, at your house, but the law doesn't specifically say beer, so you can't brew beer. Wow, that is that is really really interesting. Wow, I, I would have I would especially those particular areas. I would definitely think that they would be able to brew beer there. Yeah. No, because they'd be in competition with the moonshiners. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You got any fun facts? Yes, I do have a fun fact. And the fun fact that I want to throw out there is is that the Pod Brewers website is going to be changing uh, soon, Spork. What? Huh? What? What? Who? What? What? When? Where? What? And... Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I just wanted to throw it out there that um, some people may notice uh, that the Pod Brewers website will be changing a little bit here very soon. And uh, everything's for the good and for the better. And just to say that we're, you know, we're working on bringing you even, uh, you know, a better experience overall. So I want to encourage you all to go to podbrewers.net frequently and check out the different changes as they come about as well as of course checking out the live shows hey hey now is this a 
Is this going to mess up my feed? No, it's not going to mess up your feed at all. You're going to be able to keep up and up to date with Pod Brewers all the way down and get all your lovely goodness that you get from us on a weekly basis. All right, cool. <laughs> well, in any case, what I would like to know about is some vocabulary because I don't know how to talk. talk. Help me, help me speak through. All right, we'll do this uh, talk, and then we'll probably uh, be getting out of here because we're running a little bit long now. A little bit late, but well, you know what? We are, you know what? We are running a little bit late. But there is one thing that I, I we got to get out this particular episode. So, okay, do you want to okay. do the, you want to do vocabulary, or do you want me to do that other thing? You can do that other thing. We can wait on the vocab. All right. So, you know what? I, I'm going to give. Uh, Fifty one fifty, do you want to champion this one and talk about a little bit of a contest that's happening? Yes, I will. Uh the lengths are a bit long. I can try to read them off in here. Uh if anybody wants the links, if they're not up on the show notes, you can email me at fifty one fifty at Linux Base. Basement, I'm sorry, 5150 at linuxbasement.com. Uh, just, just like the old, uh, podcast. And, uh, I'll forward the same, the same email that I sent the buyer. This is a local brewery here in Kansas. In fact, it's in Manhattan, Kansas, where Kansas State University is. Tall, tall grass brewing. And you might be able to find the link if you go to www.tallgrassbeer.com. Uh, but what they're, what they're doing in partnership with, uh, www.northernbrewer.com, uh, which, which makes beer kits, uh, kinda like the Mr. Beer, but looks like a lot more advanced. And I'm not sure what you get in this kit for sure. I think it's just the ingredients. But all the beers that Tallgrass offers, and they, they have an ale and and various other beers. They have, I still want to try their 8-bit beer, which I haven't seen show up lately. Or 8-bit ale, which I haven't seen show up locally. Uh, but they are putting out at least ingredients kits for all their beers. And is their promotion to start that off uh, on so their feedback site, it's uh slash contact dot html question mark utm underscore source equals uh capital J U N E plus capital N E W S L E T T E R plus twenty twelve uh ampersand UTM underscore campaign equals capital N E W L E T T E R plus symbol capital S U M M E R ampersand UTM underscore medium equals email. And that's just their feed, that's a feedback form, but, uh, you, you fill out your particulars and say why you deserve to have one of these beer kits, and I'm going to assume that it's probably, uh, even though it's designed for northern beer, you can make it to be compatible with your Mr. Beer kit. 
Uh, but I think they say they're, it's not a random selection. They're going to select on brevity, creativity, and humor. So mentioning that you're a correspondent for, or a listener to this, to the uh, Pod Brewers podcast certainly can't hurt. I played that card on it. And like I said, I can't, you know, that's a, that's a long URL. So if you send me, if you send me an email, I'll forward the same mail that I sent to buyer earlier in this week. Don't you worry about it, 5150. I, I have it here, and I will put it into the show notes. Yeah, most certainly, most certainly. I want to th- uh, send that thank you out to 5150. Uh, that was a great, great tip there and great news. So um, we're going to go ahead and get ready to end this show off. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. And I'm looking at their thing, and... 5150, were you saying that they would send you a starter kit? Well, they're not sending one to everybody. It's a contest. So if you look at the main page where uh, the link to this page is, it looks like they're they're showing equipment on there. Yeah. But but if you there's a link there to the Northern Beer site and all uh for the selections that come under the tall grass and all they seem to be showing there are ingredient kits. So they're not they're not completely uh clear what you would be getting for free. I hope it would be everybody could use another uh set of equipment. But uh it looks like maybe there's some higher end. I think it looks like Everything on the Northern Beer is sort of a la carte that you buy separately. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, there is a section for starter kits as well. Uh, I found it as I dug deeper into it. So this is great. Uh, I'll definitely put this on the link, and I'll be sending in my email too. Yeah, I'm going to send my email in along with that. And uh, remember, uh, you know, Tom, that you heard about it over here at podbrewers.net. That would be very much appreciated, and it could not hurt. I'd be like, send it to me, and I'll review it on the show, and the 7 million listeners that listen to us will hear about it, and I'll buy from you. Well, that's, that, that's the uh, link that I said. I said if, you, if I get one, I will, you know, I said I will mention the contest on the show. And if you send me the kit, I will definitely review it on the later show. That's cool. All right, cool. This is great. And uh, I just wanted to mention real quick, uh, our Mr. Beer section has been kind of short. So uh, I'm thinking uh, probably here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do another quick rundown on how to brew with Mr. Beer, just specifically for Door-to-Door Geek, since he has his bottles now. I know, that's totally cool, totally cool. All right, well, this will bring us to the end of another great show, and I want to remind you all that you can check us out on Mondays between 6 p.m., or at 6 p.m., 8 p.m. Mountain Central, and 9 a.m. on the East Coast. That's 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Uh, and you can hear uh, Door to Door as well as uh, Tracy with that one. Uh, on Fridays, you can hear Spork Saber and myself uh, at 9 p.m. West Coast, 11 Mountain Central, and 12 a.m. on the East Coast. You can send all emails over to podbrewers at gmail.com, as well as check out the live feed at thenewradio.net. Uh, remember that you can come on over to Mumble 
And if you have any trouble getting into Mumble, come on over to Linux Basics. That's Linux, B-A-S-I-X, and we will be more than happy to help you. We will hold your hand and get you on the Mumble uh, or our, or IRCs and everything else like that because that's how we are over here. We are down to help you. I can guarantee you you'll get more help here than you will get anywhere else. Um, so we're without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and say my goodbyes and uh, let everybody else say their their goodbyes. So I'm out of here. God bless. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy your beer. Catch you on the flip side. Keep the uh, shoddy side up and the greasy side down. And remember, a lemon contains more sugar than a strawberry. Not exactly a beer thing, but you never know. It might help you out. You guys are actually crazy. <laughs> I'm going to have to brew with lemons now. I know. That's like so cool. 5150. But if you had a strawberry the size of a lemon... That would be interesting. Red Dwarf, that is your tip. <laughs> and it's awesome. Good night, everybody. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.